Being excluded or ostracized is an invisible form of bullying. And this is the worst form of bullying that girls do to other girls. They don't leave bruises and therefore we often underestimate its impact. Enchanted Sky Media. 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 From the cool pines of Prescott, Arizona, this is Bullying Life and Stuff the podcast where Rhonda Orr answers your questions about life's problems. Rhonda is an award-winning executive trainer, traveling and speaking on diverse topics from business management to fear. Arizona's top radio host, Dave Fone, has called her Arizona's leading expert on bullying. She's been a life coach for over 30 years and has founded two nonprofits addressing abuse. Rhonda's writing partner is Dr. Sherry L. McDonald. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist and crime victim specialist working in Westlake Village, California. Now, here's Rhonda. Welcome back. One of the basic human needs is to feel like we belong with others. That's why intentionally being left out, it hurts so much. It causes deep damage. And the emotional wounds take a very long time to heal. This week, we heard from a woman whose friend has been shunned by her family and now seems to be spiraling out of control. What can she do to recover from this? We titled this The Pain of Being Ostracized. Dear Rhonda and Dr. Sherry, my best friend and I work together. Her sister also works with us. Her family liked her first husband better than the guy she just married. None of her family came to her wedding or bridal shower. Her sister also got people at work to ostracize her. Our co-workers hardly talk with my friend and don't invite her anywhere. This happened two years ago, and my friend can't get over it. She wants these awful people to like her. I told her she's worth more than this. I don't understand. She's depressed and won't find new friends. What now? Signed, frustrated friend. Boy, this is a hard one. I think at one point or another, almost all of us have been ostracized, at least for a time, by someone that we really cared about. I know I had this happen to me right during a time when I was very close to getting a divorce. And my husband came in to church that we went to every week and sat in a different pew with other friends. I had to get up, walk over, and sit down with him. He still didn't talk to me until the whole service was over. It is horrible. And when your family does this, and I know many of you, and especially you as her friend, it's hard to understand if you haven't had your family completely throw you out, so to speak. And I've experienced that also. The most fundamental need is to feel like we belong. Many families have the least compassion for another family member. And those are the people you're supposed to have the most compassion for, the most patience and all of those things. I know why 
through my many years of therapy and psychological training that there are reasons why, but it's still hard to comprehend when your spouse, your family, your loved ones, and your close friends bail on you. Kipling D. Williams, he is a professor of psychological sciences, recently did studies on this topic, and he said, quote, shunning is an act of control and aggression with powerful consequences. I guess we don't always think of it as being controlling and aggressive because they're ignoring us. But that's what it is. Quote, being excluded or ostracized is an invisible form of bullying. And this is the worst form of bullying that girls do to other girls. They don't leave bruises and therefore we often underestimate its impact. I know when I went through psychological abuse from that husband, everyone kept asking me, did he physically abuse you? Well, (laughs) it was hard to say, well, no, but you know, that's a whole nother story. Quote, being excluded by high school friends, office colleagues, or even spouses or family members can be excruciating. When a person is ostracized, the brain's dorsal anterior cingulate cortex, which registers physical pain, also feels this social injury. That is what Kipling D. Williams said from his studies. Think about it. If the betrayal of a family is the most challenging for your friend, maybe you could help her with our triangle of triumph. In fact, maybe you could even show her this column. But our triangle of triumph, I developed this because of my own journey. So the triangle goes like this, victim on one side, survivor on the other side, and leader at the bottom. So how do we go from being a victim to saying, no, I'm not going to be a victim anymore, to being a survivor, which made me feel like, oh, I was, I was putting one step in front of the other, but people would say to me, you're such a survivor, like that was an accomplishment just to exist. That's not true. So what happens in the survival mode of the triangle? And being a good leader, even if it's just to lead your own self. So starting with the victim is you have to recognize and accept that you are actually a victim. And it's contrary. There are so many people that think that people become victims because they just want attention. It's really not true. Or as I I like to say, Well, if they want attention, they do need it. They need the right kind of attention. Victims can be vulnerable, but they can be the most popular, beautiful, outgoing, successful person also. There is no definite descriptor for a victim. They can be anybody at any time in their life, from any walk of life. Victims do not choose to become a victim, but in the victim stage, we have to go through all the stages of grief, denial, denial that we're even being bullied, 
I mean, I went through that for five years before I finally got a divorce. Bargaining, even with God. Heavenly Father, if if you will help me, I know I can make this better. Just give me the tools, and so on and so on. These were long prayers of bargaining. Anger, just being so angry. And I started taking kickboxing. A Marine was the teacher, and he would come over to me and say, in the very first class, you are so strong. And I thought to myself, I'm so angry. Because the next day I wasn't quite that angry. I got a lot of my angries out. And it kind of hurt. It was really hard. Going back to being a victim, when you are angry, you have to do physical gestures that help get rid of that. I mean, even if you're in your own house and chopping wood, you know, use your pillow or something that's not going to be ruined and pretend to chop on it or bang on it. Or if you can scream into something without, you know, annoying your neighbors, you can do that too. Even pressing your fingertips together really, really hard to get rid of some of that adrenaline. Depression is a big one. Oftentimes it takes a therapist, a counselor, and drugs before you can really cope because depression and anxiety often go hand in hand. And the last is acceptance. Okay, I'm not ashamed because I didn't ask to be a victim. In fact, I worked very hard not to be a victim. That's what's so defeating. That's what causes so much shame. I'm working so hard not to be a victim in the very first place. I already had a nonprofit that dealt with abuse. How could I, with all my education and being a corporate executive, how could I be a victim again? But remember, anyone can be a victim. So now you, you're moving into the survival stage, even though you may still be working on all of the dimensions of grieving. That's okay. But once you choose not to stay a victim, you go into the survival mode. And here's the biggest part of the journey. It's the meat and potatoes. Or if you're a vegan, it's the big time beans and veggies. <laughs> okay, this is where you decide who you are. So many times I ask, especially high school girls or middle school, how do you define yourself? They don't know. I go into juvenile detention schools, mostly boys. What, what would you say about yourself? What, what are some defining factors about who you are? They always want to make a wisecrack. It's really not funny if you don't know who you are. Being who you are, for us, we developed five C's that would help you to become a good leader. So if you start defining yourself with these five C's, civility first, to be caring, considerate, and have courtesy. Yes, manners. Okay, that's number one, civility. Number two, courage. It takes courage to accept that you've been a victim and courage to say, I will not stay a victim, and courage to go down that route of defining yourself takes a lot of work. Hopefully you have a therapist to help you. Number three, you have confidence. That really starts from the outside in. 
meaning stand really tall, have eye contact, walk up to the bully, and this is all you're going to say. Stop bullying me. And when someone's being ostracized, it's the very same thing. Go to your work colleagues, even if they laugh at you. That's so high school, but nevertheless, even if they laugh at you, you say, stop bullying me because you let them know that ostracizing is a form of bullying and you're not going to stand for it and walk away, find new friends, even work colleagues to hang around with. The thing next that's going to help you really the most in going from a survivor to a leader is creativity. When you're creative, when you are working on a talent of yours or trying to find a talent of yours, you are at your best and you are involved in doing that. You kind of forget about everyone else and it starts giving you the confidence and it's something you can share with others. So whether it's a sport or sewing or cooking or dancing, whatever it might be, there's a million talents that you can choose from. Even being a nurturer and be a caregiver to others. It's great to develop yourself. Go to your friend and say, what's your hobby? What's your talent outside of work? Let's go do something along those lines. Even if it's watching a movie and critiquing it afterwards, it is still a talent of yours. And don't forget spiritual gifts. Develop those. Prayer, being inspired, having the power of discernment. If you believe in prayer or meditation, whatever your belief system is, anybody can meditate on finding your talent. And last but certainly not least is communication. Communicate with class. It's the acronym C-L-A-S-S. Connect with someone. Listen to them. Then ask more questions in order to gather more information. Then the first S is for summarize. You don't have to say what I heard you say, but just let them know you heard them. And last, suggest. Suggest an activity of what you can do together. And I really applaud you for being a true friend, writing us, and knowing that there is something you can do because you are caring. You are considerate. You are doing something about it. That's our show for this time. If you have a problem and you'd like me and Dr. Sherry to give you our opinion, just head over to our website. It's bullyinglifeandstuff.com. You can send me an email there. You can also listen to my archived podcast. We've covered so many topics, but we're always happy to accept more. I'm Rhonda Orr. Until next time, let's build civility for a new generation. Bullying, Life, and Stuff is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. If you want to connect with Rhonda, go to our website, bullyinglifeandstuff.com. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you should. That way you'll never miss an episode. 